three, two, one. What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from NoLGameDay.com. We are here on this not-so-fun Saturday evening. Once again, Florida State is going to go 0-4 winless before heading into October, or while heading into October. Florida State falls to Louisville 31-23. to Florida State had a last-two-minute chance there. Um, Milton goes deep for Parchment. Uh, Louisville picks it off. Um, Parchment talked about it after the game that, you know, those he, he came to Florida State to make those plays, and he's got to get better with that. So with me this evening, we'll talk about this. Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider, and then Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. D. Lou and I were at the game, got all the stats for you guys. Nate, good evening. How are we feeling? How was the TV broadcast? <clears throat> no, the TV broadcast was awful. The announcers were terrible. Um, the first <laughs> half sucked, and Florida State's 0-4. For the first time since 1974, so I'm doing stellar. Those are some good thoughts, Nate. Yeah, you know, definitely looking back at that first half, it, it was it was pretty embarrassing for Florida State. You know, going down 31 to seven, then you get on the board um, towards the end of the half with that McKenzie Milton two minute drive. You come out in the third quarter, get that touchdown. Suddenly, you're like, all right, it's 31 uh, to 20. Looks like maybe Florida State can battle back here and then you know the rest of that game it just felt like the offense couldn't really get a ton going you had the missed field goal from Fitzgerald but I thought there were some positives to take away from the uh, the defense's performance because it's been a minute since we've seen them play a half like that and I'm sure that's going to do you know probably have a big impact on their confidence kind of moving forward yeah you know I'm not you know we talked about this on the on the Mark Rogers podcast you know we're not sitting here celebrating moral victories but the fact that you know, the defense played so much better in the second half, um, you know, they came out and they made adjustments. So, you know, that was good to see. Um, it just comes as bad as the defense played in the first half, Florida State had a chance to win that game. Several chances to win the game, actually. And it just comes down to Florida State doesn't have the players to, to be consistently great on offense. You know, they, you know, they don't have the guys outside in order to make a you know thirty-one to seven comeback or or whatever it is to to air it out air it out in the in the passing game, you know they they did an awesome job running the ball, um, but you know it came down to a certain amount of possessions left, and you know there there we are. So you know Florida State had a lot of opportunities to you know make that make that game a well, how did Auburn? I'm sorry, Auburn came back and won. Man, sorry. But anyways, um, you know, Florida State yeah. had a lot, of, a lot of opportunities to come back and at least tie it or, or take the lead. You know, the defense did their part in the second half. The offense, you know, they just couldn't put it together. So here we are, zero and four. Yeah, and that's what stinks. I think there's definitely, like you mentioned, Nate, there's positives and the adjustments on the defensive side was huge because I was thinking, Ooh, Lordy. That many points after the first half, you know, is this team going to kind of just give up on itself? Is it going to put its head down? No, the defense and the coaching staff made adjustments and they were able to hold, you know, Louisville. And uh, and they were strict on, I think, what Brownlee talked about in his postgame interview that in the first, in the start of their games, there are just a lot of too much mis miscommunication. And we see that all the time. Easy throws for quarterbacks out to the flats. I mean, that was just daggers. I mean, 
nonstop throughout um, the game. And, you know, you've got coverage slip ups and then you got a wide open wide receiver down the field to start off the game. Just a lot of miscommunication that's got to be fixed. And it's nice to see a turnaround in the second half where adjustments are made there. You know, not to, you know, refer again to the podcast, but you Steve and I talked about this. You know, my point was, you know, we're, we're in game four. At what point do or is the excuse of miscommunication, when does that go away? You know, I, I know they're running different sets. They're in more, more zone, you know, this game. Um, but at what point does miscommunication go away and it just comes down to the fact that the guy's got to make plays? Um, you know, you're, you're a month into the season. You're four games in. You have fall camp. At one point, does the communication get fixed? And there's one thing that when I do the rewatch, I want to watch early in the game. Uh, Renardo Green had made a stop, and he, like, was yelling at the sideline about po- he's pointing at something. So it, it, is it that they're not getting the play calls in? Is it that different players are reading different things? I don't know, but you know we're four games in. The miscom- miscommunications got to at some point stop, and we got to figure it out. Yeah, I noticed the yeah. same kind of thing uh, with with Kalen uh, Deloach. It was either sometime in the second or third quarter. He was just screaming at the sideline and pointing at something in the defense. And like you said, man, I don't know, you know, if it was a play call or, or whatnot, but, you know, this defense, they're definitely still having miscommunication. You look back to, I think it was the the wheel route that Malik Cunningham threw and maybe the third quarter, they got a wide open running back out in the flat that ended up getting, you know, 20 or 30 yards and getting, getting into Florida State territory. So, I mean, man, the passing defense continues to plague, you know, the overall play of this unit. Uh, really, in my opinion, you know, the first two – or on that first drive, there was two plays that kind of set the tone. You know, you had third and nine with a chance to get Louisville off the field on the opening possession. Jarvis Brownlee gives up a wide open reception over the middle. On the next play, I mean, Miko Dotson just simply gets burned for a 59-yard touchdown and 7 nothing Louisville and a minute and 13 seconds, I think it was. And, you know, from there, you kind of felt like, you know, how this one was going to go. Yeah, and that's the that's – the- Part that really stinks, you know, Florida State's defensive line. I thought I thought Cooper had a good game. Jermaine is Jermaine. Kier had a good game, um, but really that DB room really on third downs. Florida State is terrible on third downs. It's continuous. It feels like it's been that way for multiple defensive coordinators. But you know, it's still in that first half. It was brutal. Still have been the second half, but the first half it was deadly. And that's what that's how you lose the game. I mean, it's kind of obvious and. Corny, but that's how you lose the game. You just can't stop those third downs. And it's really mm-hmm. those, those going to the flats. I mean, it was continuous. They were eating up Brownlee along with uh, Travis Jay on those easy. Well, easy some of that was, was, you know, they were they were in zone on, on that play to Travis Jay. So I questioned the play call. Why do you line up so far off the line of scrimmage in zone coverage on third and four? But, you know, the first half, you know, the defensive line got, you know, it was a setback when Briggs went out, but when he came back to the second half, you know, that defensive line played a lot better. But when, whenever Louisville needed something, they picked on the linebackers or they went underneath. And it's hard to run zone when you don't have linebackers who can cover when you have a couple questions at safety. But, you know, the linebackers continue to be the issue and who these, these coaches are going after. It's almost just too easy right now with with Florida State's inability to cover 
you know, the intermediate stuff. And, you know, teams are going to be able to have those, you know, like Dustin said, I don't have the stats in front of me right now. I'd like to see, like, the stat sheet, you know, the drive count. But how many how many drives did Louisville have in the first half that were seven, eight, nine plays? I think they had one that was, like, 13 plays. So teams are going to be able to, to do that on this defense all season. And it's going to be – it's gonna be it's gonna be torture, dude. Um, until these until they can figure out how to cover that, you know, eight to eighteen twenty yard range, offense is gonna pick them apart. Looking at the total yards out of the game, uh, Florida State wins this. Uh, hit, they got four hundred fifty three yards. Louisville three hundred ninety five. Um, you know, penalties. I thought you know. Florida State did a pretty good job if we're looking at that front adjustments from last week and throughout the season so far, only four penalties uh, on Florida State side. Louisville had seven. The player of the game, obviously, is going to be Deshaun Corbin, 159 yards, touchdown, obviously, 75 yard bomb, average 14 and a half uh, per carry. You know, and that running game was was lethal for Florida State. They also led the game with 205 rushing yards, Louisville 131. So, you know, it just goes to show a bad, really bad half, you know, a first half just just ruined that game for Florida State in order to come back and and beat the or beat uh, Louisville. And I'll be honest, I mean, I do have some qualms about about the early offensive play calling because, I mean, you just mentioned the running numbers, Logan, like whenever Florida State got the ball into Deshaun's Corbin into into Deshaun Corbin's hands, you know, they were pretty much fantastic on offense. And obviously he had a couple huge runs, including the 75-yarder. But the first drive of the game, and you look at it, we've talked about the strength of this team is running the ball. The first drive of the game, they come out, throw the ball three times, instant three and out, punt it back to Louisville. Louisville goes down and I think gets a field goal on that drive. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd really love to see them come out and just try and get something working on the ground. And, you know, instead they went to the air and that didn't work out. I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, you know, in the second half, they had a ton of success there. They just got too far behind in the first half to, you know, to not be able to just rely on the running game. They had to throw it in order to get back into the game. And Florida State's not great there, which kind of segues, you know, I don't know if you want to get on this topic, but you know, let's talk about quarterback play, um, you know. I've had my druthers of Jordan Travis, and you look at Jordan Travis, and I don't think he's the runner he was last year. I think the injuries have taken their toll. He's still inconsistent as a passer. Um, Mackenzie Milton's a great story. Um, love to see that he's battled back. Um, but he's limited, man. Like He's hesitant when running the ball. I think he's lost all the velocity he had just with the injury. You know, He short-armed quite a few throws. Um, you know, is it time to go to Chubba Purdy? Or is, is Chubba ready to be a full-time starter if you force him in there? Do you start his growth? You know, so I think Florida State's got a little bit of a decision to make there because, you know, they're sitting 0-4. If Purdy's even half ready, I think you got to go with him and just, you know, take your lucks. I don't know what you, what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole reason that McKenzie Milton was brought into this program was to provide success for Florida State this season. You know, he's not going to be around after this year. Um, and guys like Jordan Travis, Chubba Purdy, Tate Rodemaker are. And 
you know, Owen four, you're, you're really, you're teetering towards a point where, I mean, this thing is almost completely lost and, you know, to get something positive out of it would be to start developing the guys that are going to be contributing to your program for years to come. And that's something that we've hoped Chubba Purdy was going to do ever since he signed with Florida state. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you're sitting at 0-4, you're going against the Syracuse team. I think if you drop to 0-5 next week, I mean, it's time to go full youth movement, start getting these guys ready because, I mean, you know, there's not going to be a lot to play for. We've and, seen and, uh, uh, let's not, Sorry, Logan. Let's not forget that you know, this is a hand-picked guy from Norvell. This is who he chose in that class, who he flipped late from Louisville. So, you know, at some point, at some point you got to let him – let them out and run and see what you got with them, you know? Yeah, no, we saw, we've been able to see him at practice and I thought he looks, he looks good. And Norbell mentioned on it on him during, you know, after the practice on Tuesday, at least that he still has made, he has, still has those freshman mistakes and that's understandable, but I'd like to see those mistakes. Let's see him in the game, you know, let him get that experience. We know we've had a little bit of it last year, but you know, like y'all said, if, if it goes down to zero and five, it's, it's over. I mean, it's it kind of already feels that way. Definitely for Florida State fans, it definitely feels that way. But for a youth movement to come in and, and give Chubba Purdy a chance there, I think is is good because you don't know. Jordan Travis, I think, is a almost like a one-trick pony a little bit. You don't know what you're going to get throwing sometimes. You're mainly – you know what you're going to get, though, running the ball. Depends, too, on the play calling. Let's be honest about that, too. But, you know, that offense is hindered with him not able to, you know, be a, a great passer or a good passer. And then Milton too, and like Nate mentioned, the velocity has just doesn't have that kind of thing that he had at UCF, and that's understandable. I mean, the guy went through one of the most catastrophic leg injuries we've seen in a quarterback uh, uh, in college football with his legs. So uh, I think Purdy's look look nice in practice. I'm interested to see if Norvell Dillingham want to give him a shot moving forward. You know, next game is going to be Syracuse at home. And we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I think there was still some chances. I think the one thing that you get with Milton that I think Norbell really likes is that he's smart with the ball and you're not going to see a lot of silly kind of, you know, mistakes with you know, coming from an experienced guy. He's not going to throw these silly throws. Mm. I, I, I think what I th- he left a lot of yards on the field with, with, when he's running, scrambling, like whether he, on one of the, I think it was third quarter, where he could have ran straight forward for the first down and he cut it outside and ended up three yards short or, you know, he got tackled by the grass monster. Um, mm-hmm. Man, you, know, you look at Purdy and he gives you a little bit of both, you know, the, the running ability and he's got a good arm. I know he's not experienced, but, you know, let's face facts. Um, you know, th- th- this team is 0-4 and, and you can – Forget about a forget about a bowl game. You know they had to finish six and two to finish the season, and that's not happening. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I speaking, sorry. Yeah. Speaking further on Purdy, you know, I just I'm just like, what what better opportunity than now than than you know to go ahead and let him come out and take his lumps? Because I mean, obviously, you know, there's going to be some growth that that we want to see from him. He's not going to come out and be an established option like you would hope you know, Mackenzie Milton or Jordan Travis would be coming into this season. We're going to see some young mistakes. But, I mean, you're talking about an 0-4 Florida State team that still has, a you know, some of the best teams on its schedule coming up, you know. So, if this is a lost season, 
go ahead and put them in there. Let them learn now rather than coming into next year not having a ton of experience. Yeah, you, you, you got to find the balance of not, you know, not hindering his development, but you also have to at some point see what you got, especially with A.J. Duffy coming in. Um, you know, I, I, I think we, we know what we have with Travis. You know, I think we kind of feel we know what we have with Tate Rodermaker. So give him a shot and see what happens. That's, that's where I'm at. I think Purdy, too. He's quick, fast, uh, and he'd be able to give you those first downs. I don't even think first downs. I think he can make some big gains with his legs. He's fit, fast. Definitely when he's on his rollout, he's quick. And he's looking always to make a make a throw. He doesn't want to run the ball. And that's kind of the difference with maybe, you know, you're hindered with first Milton, maybe not fully there with his leg. That's number one. Then Chubba, or, uh, Jordan Travis, you know, he's he's already has it in his uh, mind to kind of maybe run or so. Trevor Purdy is a mix of mix of both. Milton's able to – he's going to look for a target down the field. We'll see if Magnovell and the staff and Dillingham want to give Purdy a chance moving forward. But what are y'all's last thoughts? You know, Florida State's now 0-4 on the season. I don't think – I think – I don't know. I I personally don't – I don't think anybody expected this too much. I don't think we expected that start, the start of this. Um, but Florida State's going to face Syracuse up next at home. And – you know, what, what is y'all's like first initial feelings about that game? Because you got another home game. It's Syracuse, nothing special, but you know, I think there's a, I think there is, I think in my opinion, adjustments were made. And I think that's a, that's a kind of a curve that I think is going to help Florida state this upcoming weekend in a big way. Well, uh, uh, I think this team, uh, man, I, I don't know what to think, man, to be honest with you. You know, my, my instant reaction is that, you know, this program's in, in some trouble in terms of, of this season, but, you know, you see some improvements here and there along the defensive line. You see some improvements uh, with the offensive line. You see, you know, a game where they finally have a, not a lot of, you know, self-inflicted wounds. A little bit of more situational smartness um, overall, uh, but you know, this team is on four. You know, I, I think we talked about the worst case scenario would be two and two after four games. But you know, the, at, at, you know, every game I think the term must win is over because must win means that you still have something to play for. And right now they're just playing for respect. And you know, Syracuse comes in I think three and one, but you know, right right now. Every every game is questionable just because of the inconsistency of, of this team. You know, when the defense starts to play well, the offense can't 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 produce on a consistent basis. If the offense starts to play well, the defense is just a sieve. So, you know, I, I think that's what we're going to see throughout the duration of this year. I think we're going to see a team that, you know, it's good they didn't quit. Um, they, they they battle back again. But I think you're going to see a team that really does fight. I don't think they're going to lay down, but, you know, this team just hasn't been able to finish. They don't have finishers um, unless they become a you know, straight up 50 runs a game. And then I think that that changes some things, but I, I don't have a ton of confidence moving on for the rest of the season. So, um, you know, I, I do think that they still beat Miami by 75 points. Otherwise, um, you know, 
they go one and eleven. <laughs> but but hey, well, how do you feel about two? How do you feel about two and ten if the if the W's are Clemson and Miami? Huh. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean that definitely that changes a lot of things, of course. No, but you know you know th- th- there's a lot of le- legitimate concerns <laughs> about about where this program's going right now. Um, but you look at recruiting, you know they have a lot of good pieces. They got to keep that that together. But this team is, is just, what you're seeing now. We talked about real quick on the you know, before we hopped on. This is just a end result of a program that wasn't bought into football as an administration, where you had a lot of really just poor recruiting evaluations and misses, a lack of development in every aspect uh, on and off the field. This is what you get. So this is it's gonna. I know it's uncharted territory for um, you know modern Florida State fans. You know, you, you have the old school people who were around for 74 when they went 0-11 then started 0-8 and, and, you know, when, before Bobby Bowden. But, you know, us modern fans aren't used to this. So this is, uh, this is new for us. And I don't think any of us ever, ever fathomed Florida State being in this spot. But here we are. Um, nothing we can do about it but support the team. And, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah, and you know, like you said, Nate, you know, it was good. <clears throat> it was good to see Florida State fight back in that second half against Louisville. Obviously, they couldn't get it done, but I mean, it just shows that these guys aren't quitting. But at the same time, you know, that defense, it's got to piece together a sixty-minute game. And the same with the offense. You know, you you can't put seven points on the board in the first twenty-eight minutes of the first half and expect to win a football game against you know a, a conference opponent. So Florida State, they've got a long way to go. And going into the next weekend, I mean, I'm honestly kind of worried about it. You know, Syracuse pulled out a tough win last night against a pretty damn good Liberty program. And, you know, they know what what type of Florida State team they're coming into Tallahassee to face. And it's not a very good one. I think they'll be, they'll be out for blood. Yeah, it's a vulnerable team right now. And I – I don't know. You just got to hope to keep it obviously competitive, keep the adjustments up, you know, the defensive side of the ball thing. I mean, that was big for them in this game by far, but you just didn't have enough time to catch up. That was the main thing. And, you know, Corbin has a great game. Treshawn Ward is Treshawn Ward. Um, but you got to hope heading into the Syracuse game. 0-5 just doesn't look pretty whatsoever. It doesn't. It's just ugly, ugly looking. And I can't believe I just doesn't. I think it's shocking to a lot of Florida State fans, obviously. But it is. It is just weird to think about. Zero and five heading into, or a potential zero and five, but zero and four heading into October right now. Any last thoughts, guys, on the last reaction? Um, I'm done. I'm done talking about Florida State. I do want to wish my guy Austin Beasy um, a, a a good recovery from his kidney stone. Feel bad for you. Yeah, it's miserable, yeah. man. It's a, it's a, like, I wouldn't even wish that on Dabo Sweeney, that pain. Wow, you know? wow. You know that 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 is, uh, um, that that's hell. So, you know, it just gives him some more time to write, write about basketball. So, but uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, but hey, Dabo Sweeney loses too. Dabo That's Sweeney great. Loses they're, they're two and two. You know, are we are we seeing them finally get a miss at quarterback? Hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Love Maybe to see so. it. Can't score like they used to. That's for sure. Nope. And Jimbo and Jimbo loses for all the fans in the comments that aren't fans mm-hmm. of Jimbo. Jimbo lost also today. It would have been nice if Florida State came away with the win here. It'd be nice for the fans. They'd have a great uh, know, Saturday they, night to celebrate. Yeah, they, they would be tied with Clemson in conference. Exactly. At one and one. ACC could be up in competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we gotta go now. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. This was an instant reaction. We'll be live on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. We might have a guest too, so keep an eye out for that. But Wednesday night, 8.30. If you're on YouTube right now, I'd definitely appreciate it if you hit the like button. I know if I know we have a few people that always hit the dislike button because the FSU lost, but at least support us. Just hit the like button. I'll definitely uh, appreciate it. Uh, hit that subscribe button if on whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. We've got a lot of articles out right now at nolgamebait.com. Go check that out. Tons of content there. But uh, other than that, we'll see you in the Discord, patreon.com slash nolgameday. And y'all have a great rest of y'all's weekend, and go Steelers.